The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And what do you think we're going to be talking about today? Nadia Sulman, Octomom. I don't know uh, how many of you know already, um, but I am the person who made the complaint to Child Protective Services, the Department of Children and Family Services, connected to Child Protective Services, to report Nadia Sulman uh, on behalf of her children because I was concerned about her children, the six that she had at home, and the eight that she's going to be bringing home unless uh, Child Protective Services steps in and does something about it, which I certainly hope they will, before too long because these children apparently are imminently going to be discharged from the hospital. And the more I see of Nadia Sulman, um, the more concerned for her children, all of her 14 children, I am. Um, I made this complaint last Thursday, well, February 12th, actually, it's uh, two Thursdays ago, Um, and um, why? Because at that point, and I want to say up front that I have never personally met, I've never been in the same room as Nadia Sulman, I certainly haven't had her on my couch, although I would love to, Uh, Nadia, if you're listening, Um, and so all of my analyses that you're going to be hearing about, the complaint that I made, um, are based upon the media interviews of her and uh, that I watched and the media interviews um, that she gave in print and so on. And the more uh, there has been um, a recent one that just came out uh, showing her and her mother arguing about her having had these children, and I must say that that has given me more reason to be incredibly concerned uh, for her children because she is really uh, showing herself to be more psychologically unbalanced than she did in her first interviews for NBC. And, uh, and this is of great concern, because needless to say, even a super mom, a, a mother of the year, would not be able to physically or psychologically provide enough caring for 14 children, especially when eight of them are newborns, are preemies. And uh, premature children are, take a lot more care. When they're released from the hospital, um, they are not as, as robust as um, babies who have not been born prematurely. They are still very, very fragile. They're still at risk for incredible psychological and physical problems. And um, even if they weren't, even if they were all um, born at term and robust, or kept in the hospital until they were, still it's impossible to give enough love and attention to um, eight newborns as well as these poor children at home who are just 
who have just been blindsided and are incredibly overwhelmed by this whole situation. The media camped outside their door, uh, the prospect of eight babies coming home, and so on. And so I'm going to start, um, I'm going to go over this complaint now. And uh, actually, you may have seen me on programs like O'Reilly or CNN Showbiz Tonight or uh, CNN Issues with Jane Velez Mitchell, or I've, I've been on a bunch of different shows. Um, and radio as well, but um, and print. <laughs> but during this show, my show, I'm going to be able to give you more of an insight in detail as to what, uh, why CPS should step in, and what I'm suggesting is that they should put these um, eight children, these eight babies uh, that are still in the hospital right now, up for adoption. I mean, ideally. Uh, if Nadia was sitting on Dr. Carroll's couch, I would be telling her, um, going over with her the motivations for why she had these children, getting her to understand that these were the wrong motivations, and getting her to voluntarily choose to give these eight newborns up for adoption. You know, it's, it's, it's a sad, you know, thing to contemplate uh, for any mother to have Child Protective Services come in and take your babies away, but and so ideally, you know, if she came to that same conclusion herself, it would be a lot better. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, especially with this most recent interview where she was arguing with her mother about um, how she wants to take care of all of them and thinks she can, and so on, and really showing herself to be more and more out of touch with reality. So here's my complaint. Let's just start, and I'll go into more details. Okay, so again, this was sent on February 12th, 2009 at around noon, and I was told, uh, I, I followed up by calling calling them and speaking to the person who was the uh, on charge for that shift, um, the duty officer, Melba Nunez. Melba, I don't know if you're listening, but... Um, <laughs> You're, uh, you're busted. Um, she was supposed to call me two hours later uh, to, uh, to let me know what was going to be happening, and she never did. And then I called back several days later and um, was, was told that they, I, they really appreciated my complaint, my being concerned and sending in this information and so on, but really did not give me a straight answer as to what, if anything, they were going to be doing about it. So um, so as of now, um, I do not know of anything that they are doing about it, but I certainly hope that they are watching as more and more is revealed about her and uh, will be stepping in sooner rather than later. So, okay, on to the complaint. Um, again, this is to the Department of Children and Family Services and Child Protective Services, uh, Ray Nadia Sulman, Child Endangerment and Abuse. Dear DCFS, CPS, as a psychiatrist in Beverly Hills, California, and thus a mandated reporter, I am filing this complaint against Nadia Sulman in regard to her inability to properly care for her 14 children and therefore putting them in psychological and physical danger. Now, let me just explain what a mandated reporter is. Anyone, wherever you're living, at least in the United States, I don't know what the laws are in other countries, but in the United States, anyone can call Child Protective Services uh, and report suspected abuse. If you're in a grocery store or on the street 
and you see a parent um, hitting a child, really, uh, well, hitting a child at all, for that matter, um, and and you want to report this to Child Protective Services, you just pick up your cell phone um, and and call in. And there are 800 numbers, toll-free numbers, um, in every state. And, you know, the problem, of course, is that if it is something out in public, um, the chances of Child Protective Services getting there or you're getting the identification of the parent or adult who is abusing a child is not very good. But if you're, for example, in your neighborhood, if you see a neighbor who seems to always be um, hitting or, or spanking or uh, being emotionally abusive um, to a child, you can call in. And um, it can be an anonymous report. Um, and and Child Protective Services is supposed to go out and check all of these all of these reports. Now, a mandated reporter are people like myself, a psychiatrist, or other kinds of doctors, medical doctors, or psychologists, or other therapists, or nurses, or teachers, or pediatricians, or um, anybody who gets uh, daycare providers, anyone who is in frequent contact with children. Being a mandated reporter means that you have a higher obligation to report suspected cases of child abuse. It's not, you know, do I want to report my neighbor? It's uh, if you have any reason to suspect child abuse, a mandated reporter has to do it. And so um, from at the time that I had had written this, I had seen uh, at least the uh, NBC interviews of Nadia, and, um, and uh, as I said, um, read various print interviews and, and her, gotten her quotes and all of that and felt that there was enough reason um, to suspect abuse. Okay, so to continue with my complaint. At this writing, her octuplets are still hospitalized and not yet under Ms. Sulman's direct care. However, it is crucial for DCFS, CPS, to step in at this time before they are allowed to be taken home and put in jeopardy along with the other six children. As a psychiatrist, I have analyzed her media interviews and other reports. From what is already known, there is prima facie evidence, prima facie evidence of the neglect and emotional abuse, abuse of her children, as will be delineated within this complaint. So in other words, on the face of it, there is enough evidence of neglect and emotional abuse of her children as I'm going to be uh, listing in these 24 points that I make in this complaint. So, one, Nadia Sulman, as indicated by psychiatric reports from her workers' compensation case and her statements to the press, is not stable enough psychologically to be a mother to six children, no less 14. The psychiatric reports indicate that amongst other psychological problems, she was depressed and suicidal. This translates into her being vulnerable to decompensate under stress today. Though she does not have any realistic appreciation of the amount of stress she will be under when she brings her children home, she will get a rude awakening when they are all under one roof and in her care. Her statements to the press indicate obliviousness to reality as well. Okay, well, that's the first of my 24 points. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear more about Nadia Sulman and why I am begging Child Protective Services to come in and do an evaluation before she brings these octuplets home. 
So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Keeping families together whole and healthy is sometimes a serious challenge to parents. And when there's a crisis, where do you turn for help? Right here, The Parents' Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman, an open and frank forum covering both legal and social issues surrounding our kids. Tune in for The Parents' Hour with Dr. Arlene Kerman every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Radio Network. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about Nadia Sulman and the complaint that I sent to Child Protective Services on February 12th still waiting for them to do an evaluation of her, still hoping that they will step in 
before she brings her octuplets home and endangers them psychologically and physically. I was talking about the first of my 24 points in the letter that I sent, um, which was about her not being stable enough psychologically to be a mother to six children, no less 14. And um, I have read the workers' comp uh, records. She was, uh, she was injured at Metropolitan State Hospital in the 90s, and um, she was uh, claim, put in a claim for workers' compensation, and when you do that, you have to be examined for whatever injuries you, you allege. And she alleged a back injury because a patient in a riot threw a desk at her. And she also alleged psychological injuries. So she was examined um, by um, mental health professionals. And um, that is where um, she, she was uh, described as being depressed and suicidal. And one uh, therapist said that she had post-traumatic stress disorder and um, numerous psychological problems. And the point is that um, this, um, since she didn't really have um, ongoing therapy until today or for many years, uh, she is more vulnerable to stress. Um, I mean, that was what she was claiming in her emotional distress claim, that the stress of the incident um, that occurred at work was, um, was debilitating her, was causing her a disability. And that's, it was on that basis, on the emotional distress claim and her back claim, that she received um, about $180,000 of workers' comp disability payments. So that's a lot of money, and that's a lot of disability. And it wasn't all for her back. All right, number two of my points. Ms. Sulman stated that she wanted to have many children because, as a child, when she was growing up, she did not receive a lot of affection from her mother and did not feel a bond with her. So she set about creating a large family where she could forge this bond with her many children to make up for what she lacked. Clearly, this is not a psychologically healthy reason to have one child, no less 14. Good parents are dedicated to fulfilling the needs of their children, not having their children fulfill their own needs. What will happen when Ms. Sulman's children are not giving her the affection that she needs from them, when they, in fact, have their own needs to be fed, changed, dressed, bathed, and so on? In fact, um, Nadia said in her interview for NBC that uh, she longed for certain connections and attachments with another person that I really lacked, I believe, growing up. Again, this is not why you have children, to, to cuddle yourself, to provide love for yourself. You, as a parent, are supposed to be providing that love to your children. And you can't, you know, when they have needs, you can't count on them being like a puppy dog. <laughs> That's what she should have done. She should have gotten 14 puppy dogs to get puppy dog kisses um, and not really put these um, poor children through... Um, the, the task of fulfilling her needs. Okay, number three. Though I have not personally examined Ms. Sulman, she seems to fit the description of, of a severely narcissistic personality with grandiosity, unrealistic fantasies, a belief that she is special, a need for excessive admiration, a disturbing sense of entitlement, a willingness to exploit other people, 
a lack of empathy, and arrogance. These personality characteristics do not bode well for healthy motherhood, no less the responsibility of caring for so many children. Um, and she also, since then, um, seems to be exhibiting some histrionic traits, uh, histrionic personality traits, and some sociopathic traits. An example of, this is number four, an example of Ms. Sulman's grandiosity, expecting to be recognized as superior without the prerequisite achievements, is her reported desire to get work in the media giving parental advice. That was her fantasy. Um, you know, and, and that she would be, just because uh, she gave birth to 14 children, that that would make her, um, and she's taken a few courses, i got to give her that, but that that would make her an expert that the media would hire um, to give parenting advice. This is her, you know, this is her, her sense of grandiosity that even though really she doesn't have sufficient um, diplomas or, or um, credentials that still, just because she had these children, we don't even, <laughs> she, and she obviously hasn't even been a good mother to, to the first six because her, her mother has had to step in, still she expected um, to, to get this kind of position in the media. Number five, she is preoccupied with fantasies of having unlimited power which will allow her to take care of all her children. And she believes that, though other mothers might not be up to this task, she is special, a super mom. I think that that uh, doesn't need any additional explanation. Number six, her need for excessive admiration is evident in her plastic surgery in which, consciously or unconsciously, she had herself made to look like her idol, Angelina Jolie, a woman who has managed to combine being a super mom with being named the sexiest woman alive. Of course, Angelina has the financial means and emotional support to care for her children and did not have eight babies at once. I mean, we all know <laughs> that Brad Pitt lends a hand, not to mention however many nannies she has, um, but she herself is really dedicated to these babies. And again, um, she didn't have eight babies the same age, you know, new eight newborns at once. And she doesn't have 14. Ms. Sulman's need for excessive admiration is also evident in her hiring a publicist who is undoubtedly looking for as many media opportunities as he or she can find, including a reality show. This means that Ms. Sulman is already exploiting her 14 children even before her babies leave the ICU. She seems to view these babies as her ticket to fame. And that this exploitation that she's already doing is a kind of abuse. It's emotional abuse because these children, at least the, um, the older ones, um, five, six, seven, would, are aware, you know, that um, at, at some level they are aware that she is exploiting them. Number seven, Nadia feels entitled to have as many children as she wants without having any means of taking care of them, from financial to day-to-day -day responsibilities. It's this sense of entitlement that's part of the description of a narcissistic personality. Eight, Ms. Sulman takes advantage of other people to achieve her own self-centered desires. Not only is she already exploiting her children, but she has exploited her friend 
her so-called friend who gave her his sperm, whoever that turns out to be. Surely he did not anticipate or agree to fathering 14 babies. And I'll talk to you more about the, um, the more recent developments about that um, later. She has also exploited her mother by forcing her into indentured servitude, having to take care of the first six children and counting on her help with the additional children that her mother was against even before Nadia became pregnant with them and now calling it unconscionable. Even her father, even Nadia's father, has reportedly taken on the difficult and dangerous task of returning to work in Iraq to help support the children financially. Of course, right now, <laughs> he's, uh, he's back in town and uh, doing his own media interviews. He's actually going to be on Oprah today. Nine, Ms. Sulman lacks empathy, another um, characteristic of a narcissistic personality and refuses to acknowledge the emotional distress she has inflicted upon those she has exploited. Indeed, Nadia seems to want to punish her mother for not giving her enough love by forcing her mother to take care of her 14 children and thereby trying to get her mother's love vicariously through her children. In other words, um, consciously or unconsciously, Nadia is punishing her mother, getting her mother to take care of more and more children, the more the merrier, so that the love that her mother gives to these children, Nadia can feel vicariously, can feel as if, well, maybe her mother loves her after all. Ten, premature babies are known to be at high risk of abuse. When there are eight of them at once, this surely raises the risk. There have been studies about that, um, that they are at higher risk of abuse. Eleven, going along with that, premature babies also have a higher likelihood of physical and psychological problems, such as cerebral palsy, blindness, developmental delays, respiratory problems, and more. This would make their care even more complex, time-consuming, and stressful. We don't know at this point whether any of these babies, I mean, at least the public doesn't know, the hospital hasn't, nothing has leaked out of the hospital in regard to that. That's been reported in the press. So we don't know that they, whether or not they have any problems. Of course, some of these problems don't show up just yet. It takes a while for them to show themselves. So um, premature babies are not out of the woods for a good year. So, um, so that may add additional uh, difficulties to raising them. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'll go on with the rest of my complaints and take you up to the minute with what we know about uh, Nadia Sulman and how endangered these babies will be um, if they are brought home. Again, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about Nadia Sulman's children abused and neglected. I'm going through my complaint Complaints that I sent to the Department of Children and Family Services and Child Protective Services on February 12th, the 24 points that I made in the complaint and uh, going into more detail about them. Um, that's the luxury of uh, being able to talk for an hour nonstop so that we can really get into a subject in depth. Um, I am up to number 12. Ms. Sulman's poor relationship with her mother, whom she has described as not being affectionate and not showing love, will haunt her in her own mothering. Nadia has admittedly not grown up with a good role model of a mother. Though Nadia has reportedly taken courses in child development, she will still have to struggle within herself to not repeat the same dysfunctional words and behaviors that her mother showed to her when she was growing up. Of course, the more I see of interviews of her mother and this most recent one of Nadia and her mother arguing, um, although her mother does seem <laughs> um, somewhat, what, stoic, I guess, and somewhat um, 
not warm and cuddly, still she's making a lot more sense uh, and seems a lot more grounded than Nadia does. Thirteen, Nadia has been deceitful with her mother on at least one occasion, not revealing that she was receiving money from workman's compensation, which will now strain their tenuous bond even further. Of course, um, she also didn't tell her mother about the fact that she was getting impregnated um, with additional embryos. Um, so that was another lie. And then there's the lie that she made to her, the man who's come out as one of her boyfriends, uh, where she told him that she had ovarian cancer and um, uh, needed to have his sperm ASAP. Uh, of course, <laughs> he obviously didn't know very much about, he didn't take sex education in class, or he was, I don't know, he was uh, playing hooky that day or something. But, um, uh, you know, I don't know why he, how she was able to convince him that it was needed in such a rush. But in any case, he was young and in love, and and he just believed her. And of course, that's you know, that's sociopaths are incredibly charming and believable. That's one of the their traits. But in any case, so that's uh, she's also been deceitful with us in regard to. Uh, uh, her making herself look like Angelina Jolie and yet saying in the in the interview, oh, really, you think I look like Angelina Jolie? Like it was, uh, you know, a new um, concept to her when, in fact, it seems as though she's been writing to Angelina Jolie and uh, obviously admired her. Fourteen, it is an extremely difficult task to raise six children aged two to seven, and provide them with enough love and attention, no less meeting all of their basic needs. Indeed, Ms. Sulman has relied upon her mother's help for this. The task is made even more difficult because one child is autistic, one has ADHD, and one has a speech delay. Each of these special needs children needs special attention, attention that is hard to find when there are five other siblings, no less eight more babies. So, um, you know, special needs children means exactly that. They need, they need special attention, special love. And um, it's hard enough to get that when there were just six children, no less now eight babies. Fifteen, at least two of her children interviewed by the media have expressed concern and displeasure about all the crying babies that would soon be brought home. And at least one of her children expressed concern that the stress would be too much for their mom. So these were her older children, and um, they also seemed to be more grounded and in touch with reality than Nadia um, and, and honest about uh, how they feel. It was really, that was very touching and very upsetting. I think that was one of the things that um, also spurred me on to see these vulnerable children um, already expressing their feelings that they don't want these crying babies in the house and that their mother won't be able to cope. 16, Ms. Sulman seems to have difficulty with relationships with men. On the one hand, she has spoken about not wanting or needing a husband. On the other hand, it seems as if she may be harboring the fantasy that the friend who donated the sperm to her might want to be, quote, present in their life, unquote. One wonders whether this was a conscious or unconscious attempt to manipulate this man to become more than a platonic friend. 
And uh, this is still this man is still a mystery um, because she's denying that it's the man who actually came forward as one of her boyfriends who did give sperm to her. Seventeen. It has been reported that at least one of her children had colic. Any parent who has had one knows the stress that a colicky baby puts on the whole family since their grating and relentless crying makes parents feel helpless and inept. What will happen if one or more of the eight babies have colic? How is Nadia going to cope with this? Who is going to volunteer to stay with her throughout the night to help her take care of the awakened brood. So in other words, even if just one baby has colic, um, that baby's crying, screaming, it's a, it's a special, um, uh, particularly grating cry, will wake up the other babies and wake up her other six children. And then what? 18, what about the normal childhood illnesses that even children who aren't premature or who don't have special needs suffer from? If they are contagious diseases, all of the children will be at risk, especially living in such close quarters. The more children who are of school age, the more likely they will bring contagious diseases back to a home which will become a petri dish for the growth of bacteria, viruses, lice, and other dangerous organisms. Imagine simply a common cold making the round of 14 kids. 19. Who are the people who Ms. Sulman is counting on to help her take care of 14 children? What are their qualifications? Is Nadia really going to allow strangers to help her when she was terrified of going out in public with her children for fear that someone would kidnap them? That was uh, reported in the workers' comp that um, she didn't want to go out with when she started having children, go out with these children alone because she was terrified that somebody would kidnap them some degree of paranoia here. So she's going to let strangers uh, into her house to take care of these 14 children, especially the, the vulnerable octuplets. How will she know what the motives are of these volunteers? How much time will these volunteers be willing to give her? Will she have to have many different strangers coming in and out of the house? Will she do a background check of all of the volunteers to make sure not one of them is a pedophile? I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for a pedophile to volunteer because with all the chaos that's going to be in that household, it would be very easy, and with, and with her desperate need for help, it would be very easy for someone who's a pedophile to, uh, to volunteer and be of help, um, you know, when, when really they have nefarious motives. 20. If Ms. Sulman's fertility doctor had taken the appropriate medical and ethical route, he would have sent her for a psychiatric evaluation before agreeing to implant more fertilized eggs inside of her. It is unlikely that any qualified psychiatrist would have given the green light to another pregnancy, given her history of psychiatric problems, which would make it difficult for her to be a good mother to the six children she already had. These psychological problems reportedly include a dysfunctional childhood with lack of a maternal bond, an obsession with having a lot of babies that began in adolescence, depression, suicidal ideation, paranoia, post-traumatic stress disorder, presumably from the incident at work that caused her back injury, being out of touch with reality as to her ability to care for more children, and her expectation that she will be able to go back to school and work to earn the money needed to raise them. 
all I can say is, is if this fertility doctor had sent her to me, it wouldn't take me very long to come to the conclusion that there's no way that she should be uh, implanted with any embryos um, at the chance of even having one additional child. 21, because of her underlying psychological instability, she is at greater risk for postpartum depression, which could be extremely dangerous for her children. One has only to think about um, the cases that have come to the attention of the media where mothers in postpartum depression have drowned their children or killed them in, in various ways um, because of becoming psychotic and, and hearing voices telling them to kill their children and so on. Um, even if it was less serious than that and just um, just even if it just immobilized her, what kind of mother would she be then? You know, even if she was just sitting in a corner having uh, not hearing voices necessarily, but just sitting quietly and not having the the energy to be a mother to any of her children. 22, right now Nadia is basking in the media spotlight and nurturing hopes that the spotlight and payment for interviews, endorsements, and spokespersonships will continue or begin to come her way. If they don't, she may plunge quickly into depression, disillusionment, and despondency, especially when she has to face the unglamorous reality of caring for 14 children on her own. If the spotlight continues then she will have even less time to spend with her children. That's uh, Right now she's on, a, she's on a high from all of the media who are giving her the attention that she didn't get from her mother. And um, she's, she is basking in it. She's just, uh, she thinks she died and go to, went to heaven. Um, but, you know, this is, uh, if she does bring them home after a while, the media spotlight is going to go away and she's going to be on her own <laughs> with stacks and stacks of dirty, smelly diapers. And that isn't going to be as glamorous as, uh, as these interviews. Stay tuned. We uh, will be back with the rest of my complaint and more talk about Nadia Sulman and her octuplet. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about Nadia Sulman's children abused and neglected, going through my 24 points that I sent to Child Protective Services in Los Angeles uh, on February 12th, asking them to please examine and evaluate the home that Nadia would be bringing her eight newborns back to. So we're up to number 23. Animals have litters. They don't exert conscious control over the number of babies that they have, but human beings do have the capacity to think about whether or not to bring a baby into the world and should base this decision first and foremost upon their ability to provide enough love and attention to all the babies they have. It is not psychologically nor physically possible to provide sufficient love and attention to the litter that Ms. Sulman has chosen to deliver in addition to the six children she has. 24, already Nadia has caused her six children to feel as though they are not enough. Otherwise, why would their mom have had eight more? Indeed, a danger exists of there becoming two camps of children, the originals versus the newborns. The original children may well band together against the onslaught of the eight crying babies who are taking away their mother's love and attention. Sibling rivalry occurs when even one newborn child is brought into a home. When there are eight newborns, it is overwhelming for the children who are already there. And um, there's an opportunity for these children to become aggressive physically, emotionally, and so on, uh, take out their anger on their babies, on the babies that the mother brings home, um, in order to not take it out on their mother, whose love they still want. In conclusion, it is apparent that all 14 children have been or are at imminent risk of becoming abused emotionally and by neglect. I would urge you to begin a formal investigation immediately and to take the appropriate steps to remove at least some of them from her care. Ideally, it should be the eight newborns who are removed, since she has not yet had the opportunity to form as strong a bond with them as with the others, and it would be better for them to, to go straight from the hospital to a loving home where they would be the focus of attention. So there are four kinds of abuse. Uh, um, there's sexual abuse, physical abuse, 
emotional abuse and abuse by neglect. And what I'm saying is that her six children have already been, in my opinion, uh, emotionally abused and abused by neglect. And the eight children that are soon to be brought home, unless CPS steps in, um, are at imminent risk of becoming emotionally abused and abused by neglect. And so I'm going to continue to follow up with Child Protective Services, continue to try to put more pressure on them. And um, it is really, you know, it's, it's really sad that they have not um, done anything up to this point, at least, at least to our knowledge. And somehow I think with all the media surrounding Nadia's house, somehow it would have leaked out that Child Protective Services had come to do an evaluation. Um, in the argument, the uh, video interview that um, showed Nadia arguing with her mother, her mother was saying, you can't take care of 14 children. And um, even her mother, I mean, this is significant, that even her mother has said that she can't take care of them. And even her father I'll, I'll, has said to Oprah, I beg the people not to punish someone who is mentally not complete. Well, if her parents, the closest people in the world to her, are essentially saying that there is no way that she can handle being a mother to 14 children, why on earth is Child Protective Services not taking their cue and stepping in? Another thing that Nadia said in, during this uh, interview where she was arguing with her mother was that she wouldn't let, because her mother was saying that she shouldn't have had the um, six remaining embryos implanted in her, and Nadia was saying that she, she couldn't not do this because it was either to let them die or else uh, give them the opportunity to live. And she said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, that she wouldn't let, kids be in the world without her, and yet this is exactly what she did to the man who donated, or man or men, who donated the sperm to her. You know, why is it okay that um, she wanted this man, or supposedly wanted this man, um, to not have anything to do with these children, and to not even know until, until the media, you know, if she would have had one, this man wouldn't have even known about it, but... Uh, she supposedly has informed him um, because I guess, you know, she had to since, the, since he knows uh, that he gave them to her and the media has been, the, the story is all over the world. Um, interestingly, her former boyfriend, Dennis Baudouin, has come forward and um, he has um, said that he gave Nadia sperm on two or three occasions and he thinks that these children may be hers, but she's saying that, there's, that they're not. Um, certainly he wants a paternity test, and certainly that should happen. Um, but what's interesting is that this man must have been incredibly charmed by her, even though, and still seems as though he, has, uh, he is charmed by her, because uh, he's even said that if these children aren't his, he still wants to help because she needs help. But this is a man who has a business of some sort and has a wife and two children of his own. Um, and he, it, he, he seems like a really upstanding guy. He cried on national television thinking about, talking about um, his older child who he apparently, um, whose bond um, was apparently disrupted when there was a custody dispute with that child's mother. 
And so he doesn't want the same thing to happen um, to Nadia's children. But Nadia is, doesn't, apparently doesn't want any part of this man's help and is quick to say that he's not the donor. But, you know, I think it took a lot of courage for him to come forward and especially for him to offer to help, because I don't think his wife <laughs> and two children are too happy about that. Uh, another update is that Nadia's father is claiming that the NBC Dateline interview was done under duress, and they took her out of the hospital to a secret location while she hadn't recuperated and was still on medications. But... NBC is denying that. It seems to me that the father is trying to, um, Nadia's father is trying to say that something that she said in that interview was a result of her being, um, you know, not in having her full faculties because of, of it being too soon after she delivered the babies. So I'm not quite sure what, what part of it he wants to deny, um, but we'll soon see, I'm sure. Um, what Nadia has is sometimes uh, considered um, a baby addiction, where women want to have babies who are dependent upon them and who give the mothers unconditional love. And then when these babies become toddlers and become increasingly independent, then the mother is is missing um, a little baby who's totally dependent upon her, and so she has another one. And like other addictions, it's to fill the emptiness inside that these mothers have. And, of course, the baby literally fills the emptiness inside. Well, our time is unfortunately up. Um, I will give out, however, the 800 number, toll-free number. Um, Well, actually, if you're calling outside of California, it's not toll-free. I will give out the number to the L.A. County Department of Child Protective Services, so you can call if you'd like to put in your two cents, and uh, also call for them to do an evaluation, and that number is 213-639-4500, 213-639-4500, you can just look it up, Los Angeles County Department of Children and Family Services, and there's a contact page. Thank you all for listening, um, let's just hope that Child Protective Services does step in before these octuplets are brought home, or even better, better that Nadia wakes up and realizes that she um, will be doing incredible harm to these children, these octuplets, as well as the six still vulnerable children who she has at home. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.